You're listening to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast. Follow us on Instagram at let's underscore talk underscore Knicks or on Twitter at Let's Talk Knicks. Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Knicks podcast where we talk New York Knicks basketball and other news around the NBA and sports. I am Jason Talbot and with me, of course, is none other than Marcus Chinqui. Marcus, we are done with preseason, getting ready for a new season of Knicks basketball. I gotta ask you, how the hell are you? Oh boy. Uh yeah, we're doing we're doing pretty good. Um Yeah, the Knicks are back. Basketball's back. Feels like it's been a while, but it really hasn't been that long. 72 days I think between the finals and the start of the regular season. But we haven't seen Nick basketball in 9 months to the day. Long enough to have a child. It's a long yeah. time. <laughs> I, rem- really, I remember right. it. it. It doesn't feel that long. It doesn't feel that long ago. Um, that even the Knicks were playing. It's it's a little odd. I mean, it's it, it's been a while. I mean, it was on my birthday was that last was that last game, and I was you know have, having a slice, packing up some boxes, and watching the Knicks and the Hawks go at it. And yeah. you know, you had some feelings about that game. You weren't happy about it. But you know, at, at the end of the day, it's funny how that okay didn't matter. It. it didn't yeah, it really matter, matter at all because Obi Toppin, I think we would have taken. At that position, that the you know th- where the other teams fell, we wouldn't have got a top three pick. I mean, the butterfly effect, good movie, a theory some people think to be true. Maybe we would have gotten a you know one of those Ashton earlier Kutcher. picks and been in position to get Lamelo Ball. Who knows? I don't think I've ever saw the butterfly effect. Really, Ashton Kutcher, wow. right? Yeah, it's a great movie. I remember when it came out. I was like, oh, it looks interesting. I should check it out, and I never did. I don't know why. Seems like the kind of movie I would have gone and seen back then. Yeah, it's it's one of those just it's good. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Check it out, man. It's But I mean like the butterfly effect, then you look into like your back to the futures and all that stuff. It all kind of it's the same type of thing. I watched oh. uh last weekend for no real reason. I just was like in the mood for it. And I was watch I watched a clip of Infinity War and then ended up watching all of Infinity War and then all of Endgame back to back on Saturday. Just had nothing else to do. Great well, afternoon for me. I'll tell you what, you're not going to have much time to do that anymore because we got next basketball coming. You got your Friday nights. And- <laughs> your Friday nights are booked. And uh, speaking of Friday nights, before we get into today's episode, and we're going to focus really on what we've seen in the preseason and, and our takeaways from the season, what we're thinking, how we're feeling. Nick's nation has just been a little out of control. Hot. People Hot. are emotional. <laughs> I've never seen so much emotion in preseason in my life. I think a lot of it has to do with we're home. We're ready for basketball. We, we, we need sports in our life. But Friday night Knicks is going to be a little sadder this year. Ooh, for us. I love that segue. I love yeah, what you because did. I just caught it. <laughs> Now I I'm gonna let you go first and just I, I just want to hear what you have to say about it. The city edition jerseys, every team released them. We got a, a sneak preview of the Knicks jerseys weeks you ago. Stink. 
weeks ago and we weren't that happy about it. It wasn't confirmed. So we thought, oh, maybe this is just, you know, some guy in his basement, huge Nick fans making these jerseys and this ain't real. They're, they're going to do better. They're going to, they're going to give me a Jersey with some, some New York city inspiration, some, some style. Uh, some attitude, yeah. That Nick's history. And, you know, we come from design backgrounds. So this is an interesting conversation to have. And I, how are you feeling, man? Cause I mean, I'm, I'm kind of setting it up. Like we're not feeling that good about it. I'm not happy okay. about it, man. I mean, we already know what's what's coming. It's a swing and a miss. Okay. My thoughts on, on the jerseys, like you said, we come from a design background. And so we look at these with a different kind of perspective. And I'm 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 struggling even to know where to start when we look at these things because Nick fans have always wanted the crazy thing, we've always wanted that black jersey. Everyone's always, always. wanted to go for it. You know, we had that bright orange one a few years ago that just, you know, burned everyone's retinas. Brooklyn, and, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets do not own black jerseys. Like, this yeah, was, and so, I was really excited about that. So we knew that, like, we knew that, okay, we see that photo and we're like, eh, maybe we'll, they'll change it. And the funny thing was, like, we saw that, like you said, we saw that and we're like, they must know what kind of feedback they're getting from everyone now. And that's why they haven't announced it. And... We're like, okay, let's just wait it up because they were literally the only team that didn't have a city jersey on the NBA store website. Yeah, so like they really got I, I went through every single team and they were the only ones that didn't have one. So like they must be planning something. So last weekend, we get the official unveiling. We get we see it's from New York fashion design company streetwear company Kith. And we're like, okay, this person posted up there they're like oh this is a i'm a lifelong nick fan you know I, I i'm really excited to share this and what do we get we get a circle with a gradient around it with type that you can't even read and that is the city jersey are you kidding me like so and the funny thing is we're listening to the uh like during the broadcast since they all went live yesterday they're like, oh, this is check out the new Nick City edition jersey with uh, inspiration of the the never sleep attitude of New York City, blah blah blah. And I'm like, what? Like, what is it even saying? You know, like, okay, so it says City never sleeps, New York Knicks on it. First of all, New York isn't even at the top of the circle. The first thing you see is sleeps. That's what you want. To be the thing you see when you look at this jersey is sleeps and never. Those are the things at the top. I'm sorry if I'm getting a little loud in your ear, but I'm I'm, I'm hot right now. So that's that's the design. And then you put a gradient that goes from white to blue to purple to orange, and like what? And then we're using gradients on the side. Like we and again, this is coming from that design background. We we're aware of design trends that go on. Gradients were like 12 years ago. What are we doing here? You know, and the only I'm struggling to think like, what is the inspiration behind this? Like, this is a city jersey. Every other team, you look at them, they may not be super obvious or all that interesting, but there is a story behind them. I mean, the Nets, I hate to do it only because they're right next door. They have the Basquiat inspiration. 
He's a Brooklyn artist. It makes sense. Sure. Go it's for pretty it. Cool. It's know? not my favorite one, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool backstory to it. And you can put the design, it's easy to pull design elements from that because he's an artist. But you have that, you have even like the Hawks, you know, the MLK on the front. Cool. Atlanta, Georgia. Makes perfect sense. Black Lives Matter. Sure. Go for Miami. it. Miami rocked the gradient, and but it was still Miami, Miami inspired. I lo- that's one of my favorite jerseys, too. And Miami did it last year, and they know they hit a home run last year. They didn't have to really do anything different to it this year. They just changed the they changed the orientation of the gradient. And for that, it makes sense. Yeah. Miami Vice. We get it. It looks great. What does City never sleep? And then the <laughs> phrasing isn't even right. The city that never sleeps. That's the phrase. Everyone knows that. City never sleeps. So are we Are we the city? Are we the ones that are, are the fans, the ones that are not sleeping? Like what, what does it mean? And then the design, from what I can gather, is an homage to the city token. The subway and because token. It's just the, the sub, yeah, the subway token is just a circle within a circle. And so they picked the lamest version of it because there's several different tokens that were a lot more interesting. And that's the one they picked. And this is supposed to be like a big name designer that's doing this. This is something that a junior art director gives on their first Ooh, try. Okay. okay. Whoa. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> this is something they do on their first run. And then someone says that eh, interesting, but let's see if we can push this. That's the feedback that you would get. And this is the jersey we have. The circle is even too big for the jersey. It doesn't make any sense. And so we see the ad. So then they come up with an ad for the revealing the jersey with RJ Barrett. And so now we've get to see it on body. Maybe it looks a little better when you see it in the uniform on body sure, in use. Sure. Nope. Nope. We get an ad that's focused on an old guy walking through the garden, falling asleep. And doing whatever, a guy who sus- looks suspiciously similar to James Dolan, by the way, and he's just standing around watching RJ Barrett shoot threes. That's the ad. Yeah, at two forty-five in the morning. Okay, it's, yeah, it's like okay, it's late. The guy's standing there. Why is he wearing he's his jersey? Two forty-five. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Like we are creatives. We 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 get it. We know what goes into making these things. And that's what's so frustrating is that we know this went through levels to get approvals. And it's just, there are so many different things you can look at to inspire you for New York City. And you go with that? Like, come on, man. Like, I have not been so angry every time I see it. I know you want to get something, but I'm still a little fired up. I've been, we've been looking at this for the last like week and a half. And every time I see it, it pops up in the inbox. It pops up on websites and on T and every time I see it, I just get more and more angry. And I'm like, what is going on? You should be embarrassed that this is your city Jersey. Like, come on. I got I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought all the fire. Cause I, I can come in a little more chill now. I think your, your, your heat, your desire. I need a five it's, now. It, it, <laughs> I appreciate that. So I can come in a little calmer because here's the thing, man. I, I looked at these jerseys and I'm trying to find the positive. You know, I'm a positive guy. I try I try to be, bring some team spirit. And I'm just looking at this thing and I'm thinking to myself, first question, what's the inspiration? And like you said, the subway token. You gotta pick a subway token as your inspiration? I'm like, oh, okay. I, I, like, come on. All right, fine. I'll roll with it. 
It's a circle, and, man. I don't. There, there, <laughs> no, there is nothing. I'm looking at this thinking subway token. I'm thinking weird lettering. I can't read. City never sleeps is not a thing, like you said. And don't even get me started. When you if you have two numbers, like I was looking at the Knox jersey, they can't even fit the two and the zero <laughs> in this giant circle because everything is so big. I'm I'm not a fan. The gradient thing, like you said, this is New York City. You know, we, we hire a branding expert. I just, I really wanted, you should be able to look at the jersey and know, oh, I know what they're trying to do here. And what's funny to me is that the other jersey that this designer made right next to it when they released the jerseys <laughs> is this blacked out Knicks jersey. It says Kith and not Knicks, but I mean, you could imagine if that just said Knicks. It looks freaking awesome. I'm like, why did you do that? Like, <laughs> it's right there. Um, so, what I will say, as people in the industry, I don't want to completely just bash this designer because, like, he's got some cool stuff. Like his work, honestly, I'm not that big of a fan of. Like, it's not my personal taste, but he's got some cool stuff. It's very like simple designs. Um, you know, I, I can see the appeal and I can see why they brought this guy in uh, to do this. But at the end of the day, man, I'm trying to figure out, I don't want to put so much blame on this guy because I know that he made more than one design. You know, he's he's got to go through approval processes. These are getting picks. You're getting put in a direction. He's going to come out, support this thing. But like, I just, when I look at all the other teams' jerseys and the history that, I mean, the Hornets jerseys, even the Pacers jersey with the stripes, the Miami. I, I just, like you said, MLK. I mean, even the Celtics I thought was kind of stupid, but I'm like, okay, it's very Boston. Like, I get it. I understand what they're doing. It, it speaks to the city. We're, it's New York City, man. Like, we're already the laughing stock of the NBA. You can't give me a cool jersey and you finally go black and this is what you do. Like, the subway token, what? Who's using I mean, subway tokens? I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. I don't. I don't. And, and the thing, I don't. They, the Knicks did it a few like years ago. Like they did the subway token logo, the NYK. Like that is an old subway token from the seventies. Yeah. That's the design, and they did it. They did a better version of it. And now you're gonna come up with this one? I don't. Like, I, I don't get it. I the and only I'm inspiration. I don't want to throw and that's I think that for me I don't want to throw so much hate on the designer itself because this guy clearly can design other things. I'm sure he had different versions and like I said that blacked out Knicks jersey right next to it it's right is next freaking to it. awesome. And it's like it's just so confusing to me that you know I I'm sure I, we got to do some soul searching here. So now every Friday night Knicks Maybe one of the best things about the Knicks. We love Friday Night Knicks. You got a little Robert Randolph kicking it off. Clyde's ready to go. And then I'm curious what Clyde says about these jerseys because he, this guy knows I'm style. convinced he that they won't them. let them say anything. You think? Because they, they've brought it up several times on there. Like they do the little intro thing saying like, oh, buy your city jerseys. And I keep Hit. waiting for them to comment on yeah. it and they never say anything. All right. So I'm convinced they hate it. And they just won't say anything. On, um, on this is a great way to get into the podcast. Bring in the fire. Sorry, it's oh, on a man. negative note, but let's Had talk get that positive, up. man. The New York Knicks preseason's over. They're coming off a monstrous 
win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. We have a lot of takeaways, man. We've been going back and forth. We got a lot of thoughts. So we're going to we're going to have a little a little tennis match right here, a little back and forth and just let's just go. I just I just want to hear what what are some of the takeaways you have from watching these four games? Um I I got a lot of notes written down. I'm it's just so much to talk about. I mean, kick it off. Kick it off. Hit me with it, man. Okay. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> okay. So looking at game one, I think people got very excited about game one because, you know, clearly, you know, we're all, we're, we're back. We haven't seen basketball in a while. We're excited just to see anything. So game one against the Pistons in Detroit, you know, no fans. It was an interesting, uh, interesting thing to see. But I think we, I think the biggest takeaway from that one was finally getting to see Obi Toppin play. We hadn't seen we hadn't seen him in a Nick uniform yet. His first game, and he looked pretty good. You know, you know he. I think he had what 11, 11 points in that first game. We saw a lot of roll to the basket, a lot of you know just lobs and dunks and stuff. And that's going to be his game. A couple mid range jumpers. You saw flashes of what he can do, and. What the biggest takeaway I think from those first two games was defensively. You could tell that's what they were practicing. They were practicing defense. They were like, okay, we have to figure out how to lock guys down, get a defensive scheme going. That's Tibbs. That's Woody. That's what they want to do. They want to be, that's the identity they want to build. And, you know, they won. And it was cool. You know, you saw a little bit of everything for everybody. RJ, I thought, looked great. And he, overall, on, on during preseason, I think has looked the best and the most consistent, but then game two rolls around and we're still, you know, the starting lineup, everyone was a little iffy, you know, you got Peyton, you got Burks, RJ, uh, Julius and Noel as a starting five. I like Nerland's Noel. I think he did a good job. You know, I think having him start and Mitch as a backup, I think is a good, rotation to have julius you're, you're a lot of takeaways you're going to you get i watch i, I watch closely i'm watching these games Sam. i'm giving the breakdown uh i don't know if you do you want me to i can just go broad but i'm going i was i was, I was kind of this is game one. This is game had, one. yeah i was curious if you just like fr- from the overall the four games that we watched what were just some of the things that stood out to you? And I, I actually thought I was kind of hoping you were going to go more into Obi Toppin because that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about where, how are you feeling about Obi? I mean, it's only been four games. I've seen him out there. Like what, what's your, what's your first impression? So yeah, that, that first game. So I'll go to that. That first game, it looked, you're like, Oh, he looks excited. He's jumping around. He's got a whole lot of energy. People were pumped. And after watching all four, I would say he still has, you know, I think he's a little nervous. I think that's what it is, is he's, he gets, he, he, he hasn't been hitting his shots and he's starting to get a little worried, losing confidence in his game. And you can see it. He's like, when he's looking at the basket, he, he hesitates and he was launching threes. And I think I want to say it was game two. He was shooting like, three feet behind the three-point line. I was surprised. Like, you can get it to the rim, but you don't have to be shooting that far out, man. So he does that. And I've noticed one move of his I've noticed, and it makes me a little nervous. He loves to go baseline. 
Yes. Like tiptoe the baseline as he's going up there, and that that's that's an Amari special. But he likes to go baseline, and he can get to the rim there. I'm always just a little nervous that he's going to step out of bounds, and that's going to become one of his uh, key turnovers every game. Is he going to step out of bounds? He doesn't, but it just yeah. makes me a little nervous when he's doing that. But I think he'll get it. He's. It's just a matter of him. He needs a point guard. For him to be successful, he needs a penetrating point guard for him to be successful, just like how Abari had Steve Nash and to a lesser degree Raymond Felton. Is they need that point guard that can get to the paint and he's trailing or he's off to the side in that pick and roll, and that's where he's gonna get all of his a lot of his points. And I think he just needs to he just needs to feel the game more. He doesn't know it yet. You know, he's he's still young, he's coming out of college, he hasn't been up against, you know, like real NBA talent yet. Going up against Blake Griffin is a you know it's not easy, so he'll figure it out. You see all the skills are all the tools are there. He just hasn't. He's not. He's not confident yet. Um, that that was my I I got it right in front of me right here. Got it highlighted. Obi Toppin and confidence. That's really all it is. I. What do we expect from Obi? I don't know right now because he he's out there playing scared, like you said. He's. He can do that baseline move all he wants. He looked, it is crazy how much he looks like Amari just running out there. You had a blank. Wait, is that who that? Uh, is that Steph? He, he can play basketball, but he is playing scared basketball out there and it's going to come. And he, I think it'll be fine, but you know, to all the people, I mean, we'll probably at some point talk about Randall here. I think it's kind of good right now that Randall's around and that Obi's not starting because he, He's not there. And by the end of the season, I hope he can get there. Cause we got to remember this kid, he's 22 years old. You know, he's not, he's not a 19 year old kid coming out of college. This guy's player of the year. And for whatever reason, he just, like you said, go with some, some strength down that baseline. Like he just, he seems weak. Like he's not bodying people up and you kind of saw it last game. I mean, the Knicks Cavs blowout and let's be honest as well. We don't really need to do this podcast. We could just just listen to Clyde. He he's saying all the things that we're talking about on the podcast all the time, and it's it gets kind of annoying. I'm like Clyde, like you taking all my talking points over here. You, like <laughs> he just says exactly what we're thinking, and he's calling out Obi just like not not playing confident, and that's really all it is for me. So I think the tools are there. I think he's got what it takes to be a good player in this league, but. If you're not playing with confidence, you're not going to perform on the court. And I couldn't agree more point guard play and someone to get him going, get himself feeling himself. You'll just all of a sudden start to see him go to the hoop more with just more aggression and not get the ball. And he's not even like squaring up to the hoop. He's looking to pass. He's running around. He just, I think he's hey, he's a rookie. He's new to the game. And it's going to take some time, but I think once that switch turns, you're going to see um, what he's capable of because we have seen some flashes and we've seen a little bit of what he can do. You know, um, that it's kind of a perfect little segue too into the next big thing that I think is the biggest thing Knicks fans are talking about. And I wanted to talk about it right away is Emmanuel quickly and, and good point guard play. I am really torn about this right now because I have been an Alfred, Alfred Payton 
I don't want to say I'm an Alfred Payton truther, but I think people are still way too hard on Alfred Payton, a guy who plays really good defense. He runs an offense, but he, the guy can't shoot. And honestly, did it get worse? I mean, it's only been four preseason games, but it didn't, it didn't get better. And I don't know it if it's going to get better. It look good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not counting on Alfred Payton learned how to shoot. You the stink. The same way I'm not counting on Dennis Smith Jr. learned how to shoot uh, in the offseason. So, this shot, I mean, it really doesn't it look better. terrible, but it looks I mean, better than it was. There was some <laughs> any guy going up there shooting the ball and it's hitting off the backboard and barely grazing the rim. I'm just like, dude, like something's wrong. Like you're not a shooter. Dennis Smith Jr. is never going to be a shooter in this league. Um, so this is really tough. If if you're the Knicks and you're Thibodeau. I got to say, I'm not as crazy as these Nick fans. Like, Emmanuel quickly is the point guard. Done. Get Alfred. Send Alfred Payton home. I don't know if I'm there yet, but when I where I am at is that you see what can happen when you have a point guard who is a threat to shoot some threes. And one thing that you've been saying through all the games is that what quickly does really well is he never picks up his dribble, which is like he seems to be a good learner and he's learning how to play point guard really quick. He hasn't played against any competition. Let's get this out there. The Pistons and Cavs are garbage. So what we're watching (laughs) right now is not like, you know, Knox going off and all this stuff. Like, yeah, great. We got to play some real NBA teams before I want to start declaring that the Knicks are here. We're going to drop 140 a game. Like they're going to play a decent Pacers team game one (laughs) and Oladipo We'll see what he does against it if he wants to. So, yeah, and that's where my and that's where I'm like on the fence of: Do you put quickly out there as the starting point guard in game one of the regular season? And I've thought about it, and I think the answer is yes. And I'm I've been willing to admit when I am am wrong about things. And I got to say, I think you got to roll with quickly as your starting point guard, and Austin Rivers coming as the point guard off the bench. And Alfred Payton and DSJ need to ride some pine because in today's NBA, Ooh, interesting. it's great to have a guy like Alfred Payton who can run an offense, but quickly seems to be someone who might be able to do it. And you got to at least give it a try. Payton's not going anywhere. He's on the bench. If you got to take quickly out, you have to. Rookies are going to have inconsistencies. Roll quickly out there. He could be terrible. Put Payton in. That's totally fine. But I think Payton is not the future of the team. So why not just throw quickly out there? And and I'm not here declaring like you're an idiot if you don't, but I think you got to give it a, you got to give it a try, man. He, the guy can shoot. The guy can score. I mean, and that does a lot. And he seems no, to be playing. I, mean, I was actually, I was actually going to say, I think Peyton is still going to start and quickly is going to be off the bench, but he's going to be the first point guard off the bench. Not, DSJ, I think, is his time is up. You know, like he's got to he's got to ride some pine, like so. But then I I admittedly forgot about Austin Rivers, and see, I could see, I could see a scenario where, you know, we're also thinking about I forget I forgot Burks is there too and Bullock. So who's going to play the two? See, that's that's the question. So do you put? Do you put Austin too. Rivers at the two with quickly out there, or 
is Frank ever going to be out there with one of them? Well, you know, it's kind of jumping I ahead like, a little bit now, but okay. this is we don't have to jump ahead yet. We don't have to jump ahead yet. Okay, yeah. Let's so talk about quickly. I, I, Let's talk about quickly. <laughs> I I like like even when quickly came in in the in the first game against the Cavs, he was with that second unit, and you had the 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 baby Broadway Knicks, as people were calling them, or just like the you know he he could run that young squad that can run up and down. And that's where I was, I was initially like, okay, I could see that, you know, him running with the second unit. Then when they put him with the first unit last night, look at the start they get out to. And, and I think a lot of it is, I, I, it was more like I was looking at, I feel like they're trying a couple of different things on offense. And it was just, there was a lot of overpassing, a lot of overpassing, like, to a point where Julius could have spun four times. Yeah. It was open to the basket. He didn't do it. He stopped and he turned and passed it, which is a sight to see. Love it. But I'm curious how, like, would you rather, you know, do you think a guy like Alfred or Austin Rivers could get that first unit going and then you continue it with quickly coming off the bench? Or who do you think is the best shot to well, get out the hot? Here's the thing. The game against the Cavs and what we've we've seen, especially like I, this is all based on this last game, too, that quickly got the start and he played awesome. He scored the most points on the team. He was running the point and it was great. The Cleveland Cavaliers didn't have Andre Drummond playing, who is an excellent player, by the way. And they got JaVel McGee running center. There's no one playing defense. I You could have thrown anybody out there and they're going to look good. Like it, it's arguably the worst opponent the Knicks could have played in the NBA. Both teams are 500 to one odds to win the NBA championship. And the Cavs aren't even playing their best players. So of course, quickly is going to have a good game. So that's where I want to pump the brakes a little bit, but you're right. It's, and this is kind of another thing I want to talk to you about. One of my takeaways is that Tom Thibodeau has a really tough job this year, especially at the one, two position. We got Alfred, we got Frank, we got Quickly, we got Rivers, we got Burks, and we got DSJ. Those are six guys filling in four positions. They all can't play. All the DSJ people, oh man, this is your DSJ fixed his shot. All the Frank lovers, all, a lot of, honestly, Alfred seems to be the guy in the bottom because people hate Alfred Payton. And all the other ones are like, this guy can run an offense. Um, but now that I've seen Quickly play, the guy can play basketball and I feel like you got to give him a shot. So for me, this is something Tibbs has to figure, figure out right now. Here's what I'd like to see as a 10 man rotation. I got quickly RJ Reggie Randall. Honestly, it could be Mitch or, or Noel. I, like you said, I think Mitch still is going to have problems getting into foul trouble early on in the game. So I have no problem starting Nerlens. Nerlens, that's just fun to say. That's fun to say. Um, and then your backups are going to be Rivers, Frank, Knox, Obi, and Mitch and Nerlens. That's my 10. And honestly, Burks, this is the thing. And, and that's what I argue about, about Alfred. Alfred's on a one-year deal. Burks is on a one-year deal. These guys, these guys I don't really see as future important pieces of the team. They're just role players. So I'm not, I'm not moving people aside 
to get those guys in. Those guys will get minutes too. People miss games. You run 11, 12 man rotation. Sometimes they'll get some, get some play, but I'm not moving heaven and earth to, to, to get these guys in the game. So. And I think that's what Nick fans get upset about, or that's what they were getting upset about last year too, is you have all these guys on one year deals that are getting all these minutes. And now I think we have enough young guys on the team that could be, you know, with us for the long haul, or at least we hope they will let them play. And I, I feel like Tibbs is a smart guy. I feel like he's aware that the Cavs stink and that anybody was going to look good. Like he was playing, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, end of the bench kind of guys. And I'll chime in one thing here. (laughs) Finally did get a chance to see my boy Iggy get some minutes. Maybe he's just not that good at basketball. (laughs) You know, I mean, maybe that's, you know, I was like, okay, he's finally out there. (laughs) You made a good point. I don't know what it was, but Iggy was open. I mean, everyone was open. Nobody wanted to pass the ball to Iggy. So I don't know if he, maybe he's just kind of a dick and no one (laughs) wants to give him the ball. (laughs) But Iggy. While he was like, oh no, he's making good plays, good passes. He made a couple good passes, but like, he looks uncomfortable out there too. And I was like, maybe he's just maybe he's gonna be a practice guy. Maybe he's yeah. not that good. I don't know. I'm willing. To, I'm willing to accept that. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes that happens. It yeah. yeah. It just it's and life. it's fine. I mean, Iggy, we just wanted to see him play. I'd still like to see him get some minutes in a in a regular season game. I think he will. I, I you know, guys can't stay healthy. We need guys. Um, a lot can happen. And when I even said these top 10 guys, I want to say, I want to see where I'm like, you know, Alfred and DSJ aren't in that. That doesn't mean those guys aren't going to get opportunities to play. I just think when I look at this team, while I liked Alfred and I wanted him starting, what you've seen in these four preseason games is that Alfred and DSJ, they leave open at the three point line. No one's guarding them. They play zone D and they don't know what to do because Alfred's like, I'm so open. They're letting me shoot this and I can't shoot. The strategy is let Dennis Smith Jr. Shoot, let Alfred shoot quickly. You can't do that. Even Jared Harper got some minutes last game. And I always told you, he's a little, he's ferocious. He, he's a threat. You got to watch out for this guy. And so these are guys who could also potentially run an offense. And that kind of says, I didn't know about this about quickly. I've never seen this guy play. So when I said all the Alfred stuff, I didn't know Emmanuel quickly existed, you know? So like he was, <laughs> and the thing with him is that he didn't play point guard in college. No. They had him playing off the ball. So, he, but he says he's a natural point guard. That's his position. He just didn't and, have to do it at Kentucky. So and when I hear about this guy's personality and when I see him on the floor, and this happens to a lot of college guys who are, either pretty good point guards in college or play a certain way. When they get to the NBA, the floor spreads out, especially to a guy who can shoot threes. Everything becomes easier in a weird way. You would think, oh, I'm going to the NBA. It's going to get harder. But all of a sudden, when everyone's spread out more, the three-point line's out more, you're playing with better talent, a guy like Quickly is just like, wow, this is this is great. Like I'm, I'm actually getting more wide open shots. People. I, Oh, I get to throw lobs to Mitch Robinson and Obi Toppin. Like, yeah, I can get used to this. So I'm down with him starting. I think you're going to have a lot of ups and downs. Um, and that's what I love that. Hey, we got Alfred on the bench. That's fine. We'll give Frank some minutes. Maybe he'll run a little point guard. We got Austin rivers. Now we have 
other guys that can go in that can play basketball, but at, it comes down to Alfred and DSJ are non threats. And then when you have guys like Mitch and Nerlens and Randall who can't shoot that well outside, your, your offense is going to stagnate because the defense is like, shoot, shoot threes. I don't care. Like we love playing the Knicks because we can play zone D and let you guys shoot threes and shoot 20%. So I, I, I mean, can't believe, I'm, can't, I can't believe I'm, I'm actually saying this, but put them in there, put them in coach. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's the one thing that makes me a little nervous is yes. Dennis Smith cannot shoot, cannot shoot, but he played decent defense. But, um, and that's what, not, that's what Tibbs is looking at. That's what Tibbs is harping on. He's like, he's like, Oh yeah, he's playing. His defense has been really good. He's hustling. He's diving on the floor. Good. He's getting steals. But I'm like, when you guys can't shoot the ball, you cannot look at that. You can't, that cannot be your deciding factor when three of your starting five can't shoot. Um, Agreed. It's, it's going to be, I, I'm hopeful that he makes the right decision and I will be comfortable with either quickly or eventually maybe even with Austin starting. Yeah. I think, I think Austin is, He's a ways away just because he's you know been he hasn't played and he's just coming off injury. But I just you you just I said don't, it, I, I don't see you just said it. It's not it's not just about the individual player. It's about the team, and you can't have three out of the five guys can't shoot. It just you can't you can't play basketball because the team's just gonna also playing zone defense is awesome. Because you don't have to really run around, you don't really do much, and you can save your energy for the offensive end. So teams starting Alfred, starting Julius, starting uh, Noel or Mitch, hell yeah, man, shoot it up! I don't got to play defense. This is great. I love this. When Quickly's out there, oh shit. Okay, now I gotta like, okay, I got I gotta follow this guy. This guy can score, and he's working on that floater. He can score, like, and he's got the, he's got the floater. He's he. I saw a stat in college. He shot seventy three percent. From corner threes in college, wow. kid can shoot. Like, that's an insane stat. Like the kid can shoot, Tim. and Tim says it every day. He's like that kid. You look at him shoot, you think it's going in every time. And once he gets confident, he's got a little bit of a funny looking shot. Kind of looks like a push, but it's if he hits it, I don't care. So Clyde, if he gets confident, Clyde said during the game there was a little, and then Kenny Albert that back at school. Quickly, we had to go to the principal's office. They called his mother. He found a $20 bill on the floor. And that's why he was at the principal's office to return it because someone had dropped $20. Now, I claim I bet you he found $40. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know, quickly. I mean, come on, man. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. But oh, that's, that's, that's a good guy. That's guy. what you want. This, guy, this guy's a good guy. Uh, so. It's but and this comes back to one of my takeaways of just like Tibbs has got his hands full. He's he's going to be under a lot of scrutiny of what he's going to do with these lineups. Frank's been hurt. Austin, like you just said, you forgot Austin Rivers was even on the team. And I had told you that like Burks is kind of getting on my nerves already because I I don't I want to see other guys out there. I'm not sure he can get some minutes here and there, but like. In a preseason game, he's playing 30 minutes. I think the second game played like 29 minutes or something. Like, I'm not crazy about that, regardless of what his stat line is, because I that I was want the to one see, I want to see other guys out there more that I think are going to be more 
vital to the future of this team. I, I don't Clyde, need another Wayne Ellington in my life, man. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> um, Clyde was like, oh, Burks, he'll be starting too. Like, he looks good. So that was my only disagreement with Clyde on there. Yeah. But Bullock, I think, Bullock, I think it's still, like, he can, good he's player. a 3 and D guy. He's not, yeah. he's not the, the best one, but his shot finally started going in. You could tell it was just rust on him because his shot looked good. It was just short every time he shot it. So now that he gets a little confidence going, the other one of the other like uh, uh, segueing off of that, yeah. we've talked a lot about confidence, a lot about confidence, and the person I've called out several times needing a confidence boost is Kevin Knox, and this is the year, you know, like this is you're in year three now of year three four with Knox, DSJ, Frank. Everyone's like, okay, you got you got to show me something, and. They even said when Kevin Knox got drafted, they're like, don't, don't worry about the first two years. Wait for that third year when he's finally feeling comfortable. And so that's what I want to see. You know, we saw flashes the last two games. And again, granted, it's against the Cavs. But we called out several times on this podcast. We I, I, have got, it a, we, I got a big fat so right in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> we go back to, to, to multiple episodes where we've said – you have to just use him right, and the right way to use him is as a spot-up shooter. Catch and shoot, put him in the corner. If he gets buckets, because you see he can hit him. The form looks a little, you know, whatever. But if he can get those, get that shot off, he's not a catch and he's not a off-the-dribble type of guy running off of screens and everything. No, let him camp out in the corner. Let Quicks go to the basket, collapse the defense, kick it out to him. Boom. That's that's where you he gets his. 15 points a game and you know he can run on the fast break if he's running side by side with a good point guard that could just get him in the right position to get a lob get him get him in a good spot that's where he's supposed to live that's where he should live buy a condo he'll feel great we'll get buckets everyone's happy but and so now we start we saw them we saw them do that the last two games like yes those first two games i saw Three air balls. I was like, yeah, just can we can we get him out of here because I, I I'm not I'm not feeling it. But again, not to overreact. Yeah. We've been cast. The thing, yeah, and that's the that's what with all of this, with quickly, with Knox, with the team as a whole, it's really those two guys more than anything. Where you're just like, wow, like oh, Knox is an amazing. He's the next Steve Novak. Uh, you know, I, I'm not ready to declare that. But what you've seen from Knox and what we always talked about, as you said, right now in his career, and even in his first two years, which he was still pretty good at, is shooting the basketball. He showed it in the summer league when he came in as a rookie. He can score, but in the NBA right now with his body development and just where he is and his role on this team, he is a good, good shooter. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that this year, consistency and Clyde said it it's all about consistency rookies tend to be very inconsistent one of my worries with quickly throughout the year and Knox in his first two years Frank in his first two years that's the jump that you want to see with Knox and you saw it the last two games again it was the Cavs but at least you saw once he got going that he can start cooking and listen Knox like he's a pretty athletic guy he's big those moves of going to the hoop 
and and t- maybe one day playing in the post. I'm not counting that out for the rest of his career, but do what you're good at right now. You start hitting four threes in a row, then you throw up that pump fake, then you go to the basket, hit a nice easy easy layup. Like play to your strengths, man. Like get there. Do what you're good at first. Make yourself a threat, and then all that other stuff is gonna come. But last year it was like head down, run into the basket, throwing up the. It's like, dude, like we're not there yet, man. And and this guy's got coach. So you wonder. Is this, is this tips? Kenny Payne. <laughs> is this Kenny Payne? You know, I, I don't, I don't even know if I'm ready to give it to the coaching staff yet. I'm, I'm also kind of giving this a lot of credit to the Cavs of just like, hey, I'm open. No one's guarding me. I might as well shoot. <laughs> in. So we got to see how the season goes out, but plays out. But I'm really looking for consistency with Kevin Knox. I think that's the big thing. And like you said, Reggie Bullock, I think right now Knox is not ready to be a starter because the guy doesn't play defense. Nope. His defense is, is awful. He's getting some good rebounds out there. I want to be hard on these guys with their defense. DSJ, we could say he's playing really good defense. He's not. I, I'm not any, saying he any, played good defense. Yeah. Any, better defense than he did offense. Well, yeah, which is, th- that's horrible. That's not good. That's for me. That's like really bad to hear that DSJ is playing. That's, that's the thing with him is that you could tell very quickly. He cannot run the offense. He just doesn't know what to do out there. And granted, it was those first two games where you could tell they hadn't been practicing offense. But as a point guard, you have to be aware of what's going on around you. And it looks like he just doesn't know. And I think you said it a couple of times. He just doesn't know the right reads to me. He's not reading the game. No, he's not. It, and it doesn't... that's what's frustrating. Um, And one thing yeah. I'll say that I did notice that it's kind of like that uh, it did get brought up. I saw in a couple of interviews yesterday with Quickly. Emmanuel quickly, not not speed, but quickly, is his ability to draw fouls. Like, this dude went to the line. He drew a lot of fouls. You can see him pulling those James Harden moves out there, just like knowing where to throw your body so that the refs have to call it. And I heard him in, in the post game talking about that. He's like, yeah, I practice it all the time. That's something he learned to do. So he's like, got on, this guy's got all the tools. Man. Yeah, come on. And maybe this is like a, a, a preview of – maybe a future with Obi and quickly, if this could work out, he kind of gives me some Steve Nash vibes and I'm not, Hey, I'm not saying he's going to be Steve Nash. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying, but the way he plays point guard or what he's trying to emulate of keeping that dribble and drawing those fouls where he's just constantly like, I mean, that's one of the first things you learn as a point guard. Don't give up. Don't give up the dribble because you're, you're a threat. You're always a threat. And I, I just, we could be seeing something here. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying we are. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to hold out till New Year's, at least. Um, I want to see a couple regular season games, and we'll see what happens. But, um, the, I mean, the, the confidence level, and I kept saying this to you the last couple of days, is, even yes, it's against the Cavs, but they're learning, they're understanding winning a game. And sure. you have that bit of confidence going into the regular season. Sure, they'll probably get smacked around a couple of times, but understanding how, like, a comeback win, you know, just finishing games. That's, it's part of the learning process. And I, I'm, I'm happy to see it. I got a couple more things, but I want to talk about this one really quick. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Julius Randall. <laughs> there was times in the game. I, say it was the, I think it was the first Cavs game where Randall was 
coming off a screen, catching the ball, shooting buckets, getting some rebounds, dishing it off. It was great. Like he, I was like, why can't you just play like this all the time? Just like then last game, even when they were up, Randall gets a rebound, starts dribbling the ball up himself. He's spinning into three. I'm like, just like, dude, like you're not a point guard. You're not just, what are you doing? Like, why are you like this? And I'm, I'm hoping that they haven't had enough coaching time and they're going to get this guy's mind. Right. Cause one of my hot takes from last episode was that Tibbs and the staff are going to get Randall's head, right? He's going to play his game. And we just talked about Knox. You need to play within yourself and you could be such a good piece and role have a role on this team. I just, I'm getting really, I'm very worried that Randall could be a Nick for a while. He could be a good, really good player in the NBA. And I see the potential, but just the bonehead things that he does. And like, who do you think you are, man? Like you have just calm down. Like we got a lot Although, of, I will talent. say, like, I, I just, it, it drives me nuts. Am I over last night? He didn't do, he didn't do much. I think, I think last night he checked himself a little bit and I don't know if that was on purpose or cause like he didn't score until maybe like in the second quarter. So like he didn't, he didn't put up a lot of shots. He wasn't doing a lot. And I think I want to say that was, actually, I don't know if I should give credit to quickly on that in that he was handling the ball more, yeah. but you could, see a lot of passing was going on. I feel like that was the emphasis of that game was passing the ball. I also so think that could have like, just been like something to try. It's also like the Knicks were up big early on. The game was like kind of over. So Randall's being like, Oh yeah. Let the, let the young guys like get their shot. But I want to see him do that. Like in a real regular season game when they're playing the heat or the Pacers, like I need him to have that mentality all the time, but not just, Oh, it's a preseason game. We're up 30. I'm going to let the young guys kind of, you know, take the spotlight here. Like I need that all the time, Randall, like that. You would be such a much better player. If you would defer more to the guys around you, it'll make you a better player. Also don't be, we don't need you to be a hero. You know, like I, I want that all the time. One thing, another thing we touched on it. I think that's enough about Julius. Well, yeah, that's it. I don't want to. I don't. I'm just. I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, bring him up in a second. But one of the one of the things we just touched on lightly. I mentioned it, but we haven't really talked about him. Is I think the most consistent. The one takeaway I have, the biggest one, I think, is that RJ is the most consistent player on this team right now, and we've seen growth already from last season to now and just like little things that he was doing and he's hitting free throws. I mean, that's going to change his entire game that he went like he hit four in a row the other day. I think he went like, you know, his percentage is significantly higher in, in the small sample size, but not like I'm happy he's there and I think he's going to be a star. He's going to be great. And Randall's the only one that I don't get it, that he just looks him off all the time and won't pass him the ball. Somebody replied back is because he knows he's not going to get it back, but it's good. You know, I'd be like, yeah, good for him. Cause RJ knows how to, he knows how to get to the basket. He's still not a knockdown shooter, but you can see he's been working on that mid range game, which we talked about is something that that's where he should live is in that mid range, you know, a little fadeaway he's got going on, make those buckets and you'll be unguardable. And Clyde said it the other night is like, he's playing like he was at Duke. 
And that's when he was the guy. You know, yes, Zion was there, but he was the one getting buckets all the time. Versatile buckets. Yeah, the ACC and, record for most points in the season. Yeah, and that's that's where I, I want to see him continue to grow and let him run the show. And I think we've said that a lot of times. Like, yes, if quickly comes into his own, maybe, you know, the two of them together is a formidable offense. And I think... I think, yeah, I think we're going to see really, really good things out of him. I might get an RJ jersey, not get a city jersey, but I might, I might get one. I don't know. We'll see how it feels. Not city jersey. I'll get a classic you know, jersey. You know, I want to apologize. Six months ago, I didn't say the Knicks should do this, but I floated the idea of the Knicks trading RJ at one point, acquiring Zach Levine. And I got to just say, man, I've only watched four preseason games. <laughs> well, it was. It was Part of a bigger package. I think I, I, I was trying to get Mark in and the whole thing, but I just want to say, man, I am. I don't know what happened, and I don't know how the guy can do this in preseason games where I usually do not give a damn about preseason games. I never have. I am such an RJ believer. I was looking at RJ. Uh, I kind of wanted just a fresh New York Knicks tee, RJ. I couldn't. It was hard to find one. They just had a youth youth size, but I am. I am in love with RJ Barrett. Um, you know, after this discussion, we wanted to talk about some expectations we have for the Knicks. And now that we've seen them play a little bit, a couple, forgot the hot takes, but I'm, I'm RJ has me so fired up inside and I am such a believer. And I don't even know if this is that much of a hot take, but for the first official, I'm, I'm calling this the first official hot take of the year. RJ is going to be a 28, a 28 and five guy. Easy. Over 20 a game, this guy's going to average a year. He averaged 14 last year. Typically, second year, you like to see like a couple point jump. I think Clyde had even mentioned that. You want to see in that 16, 17 range. I'm telling you, this guy, this guy was born to play basketball. And seeing him out there, I, it's another reason why I like the Knicks bringing quickly to just start, start him at point guard. Let's go. Because I have so much confidence in RJ that he's going to help who's ever playing point guard more. Not that RJ is a point guard, but his his basketball IQ and the way he just – that three ball is looking nice. That mid-range game is looking – like when he has the ball, I feel good. I am so loose. I'm like, <laughs> end of the game, I want RJ to have the ball in his hand because I know – I just feel like he's going to do the right thing. I feel like he's got that Kobe mentality that he wants the ball and he's going to want that last second shot. But if he has to give it up to one of his teammates and put him in a good position, he will. I just, my kid, he's only two months old. He could come babysit right now. I, I trust <laughs> this guy with my life. And it seems crazy. Just such a young kid. What? Oh, four preseason games, Jason. You're crazy. Maybe I am a little crazy, but I, I love this guy. And we said it with the draft. We just wanted to be in the top three. We were still a little bit upset that we didn't get Zion or, or jaw especially, but RJ is pissed coming into the season. And rightly so, man, I, I am. I hope this guy stays a Nick for life. And I really hope that, that we don't go through another KP experience. I hope he wants to be here. I, I, I just, with Obi, and him, I mean, I hope we're seeing the beginning of a new New York Knicks team that we're going to see for a while. 
Um, and I'm 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 very happy with RJ Barrett, if you can't tell. And I know it's just four preseason games. I don't I don't know what happened, but has he not gotten even like much better? I mean, he was pretty good last year. He ended the year great, but just the way his poise, I, I don't know what it is. I, I can't it's hard to explain, but I am like, I'm in love with this guy. I'm in love with a man. And his name is RJ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right, we could just leave it at that. I mean, I, you much? know me. I, I, is that I'm, too I'm much? I'm a big RJ fan. Have uh, I surpassed you in RJ fandom? That's that. I think you might have. I didn't see all that coming. I mean, I I, I like RJ too. Big fan. Um, I am I'm aware of his shortcomings. That got but, me this hyped, and I, Allen Houston, probably. I mean, I don't know. I was watching some Allen Houston highlights the other day. Fan for life, but I, watching, I am just like I'm. I'm in love with this guy. This guy knows what he's doing. I want to see. I still, I still want to see him get like a more consistent jumper. That's what was so funny about sure, the uh, sure. that the city edition commercial is everyone's just like RJ hit those shots in a game, man. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, I mean, if he throws on that jersey and he drops like thirty five points, I'll take back. I, I won't even care about the jersey anymore. But but that's my hot take too with the the going up in points to over twenty points a game. I just really think that he's going to bring it this year. I'm. I'm incredibly confident i would say i would even go as far as to say that's not even like a hot take because that kid can do it like i almost expect it out of him you know and Aver- just, yeah averaging 20 a game is, is not easy to do especially I, it was interesting kid. they they put up uh they put up uh, on the msg trivia they were like who is the last nick to average like 14 po- over 14.3 as a rookie and they're like, no, Porzingis would be too easy. And the last rookie, I didn't see that on the answer. (laughs) Hold on. Let me see. Gallinari. Interesting. Breen thought that it's Patrick Ewing, but whoa, they said Porzingis was 14.2. So Uh, that's how they, they got him on that. But they're like, yeah, you know, he it's not again it's not easy to average that many points but if they play the right way and you know run the offense through him instead of through Julius I think he becomes your guy and I love that I would love nothing more than RJ to be the man on this team that's what he wants and that's what I love about him and and for all the 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 fans that want to get Julius out of town I mean I I I'm kind of I'm getting close there with you, but the problem is you get rid of Julius, you need someone to replace Julius because I'm down with starting Obi too at the four. Just get him in there and let him build up his confidence. But we're pretty light at that position. We're very the Knicks are a very guard heavy team right now, and I saw a big boy Smel- Spellman out there. <laughs> like I don't know, man. I I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like I'll. That dude's been eating too many McRibs, man. Like that, I was like, "Who is this guy? Yeah, like, what's so happening?" I, as much as we want to get Randall out of there, we better get someone else back in to play some of those minutes. Because I, I just, just they, like yeah, we said, they just need a real man. But Randall still provide Pinson Theo. Oh, Theo! Yeah, I'm not doing a. <laughs> not gonna. I won't do it. Um, so. That yeah, I honestly that that I'm just 
I love RJ, man. I'm, I'm really, I can't explain it. Um, yeah, I, I think that's a good, yeah, I think that's a good wrap up on our, your, we've learned your true feelings for RJ. I, I'm happy to hear it. I'm excited for it. I got to tell you that with the season kicking off, when is the first game? Wednesday. So first game Wednesday, uh, we always like to throw a little friendly bets around here. And we kind of came to an agreement. We have this. Do we actually disclose the I won the me undies, uh, not a sponsor bet last time uh, for picking the Lakers. We'd love to have them as a sponsor, though. So absolutely. Big fan of the me undies. Uh, I did go with the trunks instead of the boxers uh, with a pattern of little sushi rolls and soy sauce characters (laughs) that uh, not a biggest fan of the trunks as I am the boxers. They're still very comfortable. Riding up a little tight. In the future, I'll go boxers. But we've been kind of into these MeUndies bets. Kind of weird, I guess. But hey. They're comfortable. Uh, they're comfortable. <laughs> Love a good pair of underwear. You never have too many undies. So the next MeUndies bet, not a sponsor. Not yet. <laughs> Guessing the record for the first half of the season. The Knicks play 37 games before they go into the non all-star break break and we did throw out some records last episode but now that we've seen the team i i i personally think i have a different difference of opinion 37 games i took a look at the schedule it's not easy it's not great (laughs) um what do you got and we're gonna we're gonna do closest just like you know closest okay i'm gonna give I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 15 wins. Okay, so you're in the, going in those first 37. You're going 15 and 22. Wow, math. Yes, you're better at math than I am. <laughs> so, I, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm I was close, and just to separate it, I was gonna kind of come in at 14 and. And and 23, but I'm going to go 13 and 24. I'm going to add an extra L. I, I, I think, man, 15, 22. That's a good one. I was kind of right in that range too. I, I almost 16 and 21 is too much for me. I'm going to go 13 and 24. I feel pretty confident about that. I, I would almost even argue 12 and uh, 25 was close. I just, the schedule is tough and, we just watched the Knicks very young team. They did play arguably the two worst teams in the East. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I still think outside shooting is going to be a problem for them. You know, Knox, how consistent can he be? I mean, I, Hey, I hope they have a winning record uh, by the end of the first 37, but you know, there'll, there'll be some injuries. Not likely. But- uh, we'll have to see how things go, but got it in the books. Now, if the Knicks go, 14 and 23. I guess it's just a tie. That's that's just. We both just treat ourselves to some undies. I don't know. Why each other said undies. Listen, man, it's been a good episode. A lot of hype. I, I never watch preseason, so this is my my throat's hurting a little bit. I don't (laughs) have to drink. It's hot, man. It's a little too hot. hot. Um, I want to say, you know, 
We'll try to we'll try to do this again soon. I want to wish your your Giants some good luck on their race to the AFC the uh, NFC East uh, championship race, which is mind blowing. Uh, that's a good question. And, I don't uh, think they'll get it, but big big game tomorrow night. We'll see. You know, have a have a, enjoy the rest of the holidays. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hanukkah was great. We we got through it. Um. I think we might try to get one in before before the end of the year. Uh, yeah, before the new year, for sure. For sure. With the holidays, maybe a little – no Knicks on Christmas. Maybe we'll ca- – a little cast on Christmas. We'll, we'll, do a, we'll do figure a Kwanzaa episode. That's ridiculous, <laughs> by the way. Um, how are you not going to put the Knicks on Christmas? Like, I, I don't like – haven't been on for like two years now. It's ridiculous. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. Episode – 48 is in the books. The New York Knicks season starts on Wednesday. I am Jason Talbot. You can follow me at Jason Talbot on Twitter. You can follow Marcus at mchinqui or follow at Let's Talk Knicks. You can also follow podcast on Instagram at Let's underscore talk underscore Knicks. Episode 48 is a wrap of Let's Talk Knicks podcast. We'll talk to you next time.